0: Right, hopefully, at the end of the service, you might have more time to catch up with uh, friends and and say hello to people. All right, this morning uh, we are starting a new uh, sermon uh, series. What we'll be looking at, and it's on the God who speaks, the God who speaks, and what we just want to do this morning is to lay the foundation, and then hopefully from next Sunday. We will start um, exploring that. We've already do- covered um, we are overcomers. And all we are doing with some of these messages, uh, I'm sure if you're very attentive or you've been listening, it fits into the overall theme. When we started the year, uh, what God um, said to us, or the word he gave us uh, to prepare, crossover, and possess. And all the messages actually fitting into, into that. Uh, we know we are overcomers. We've prepared ourselves and we are looking at faith in our evening services because without faith, it's impossible to please God, as the Bible tells us. And um, this morning, we want to start on the God who speaks. I remember when we, um, this is just a little um, comment here, uh, when we went to the book of Joshua, if I still remember clearly, where we got that those words from, prepare, crossover and possess. One of the things I think that was very key to the success of the Israelites in possessing or getting into their promised land was listening to the voice of God. And uh, sometimes as Christians, we play down this fact or this aspect of listening uh, to God. And sometimes we say, well, I know what it already means to listen to God. But what we are doing is basically to explore what it means for us as Christians, as a church, to listen to the God who uh, speaks. And the text is from the book of Hebrews chapter 1. And we're going to read from verses one. I'll stop at verse two. So just verses one and verse two. The God who speaks. And the scripture says long ago, it says God spoke many times. You can see that clearly stated there. And in many ways to our ancestors, he says through the prophets. And verse two, it says, and now in these final days, he says he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. I'm reading from the New Living Translation as an inheritance. And he says, and through the Son, he created the universe. And I pray that God will add his blessing upon uh, his uh, word. Amen. One of the most important, I would say important lessons in life that you and I can learn is how to listen uh, to God Uh, like I said, when we went through the lesson in the book of Joshua, one of the things that came out clearly from that book or from the studies when we looked at the book of Joshua was how often God was speaking to his people. So it's one thing for you to know where you're going or where you're headed or the overall vision that God has given you. But it's another thing for you to constantly come to that God to ask him, where exactly, what should I do? When should I do it? How should I uh, and when you look at the life of Joshua from the sermons that we listen to in our evening services, one of the things that Joshua did, which I really do commend him for when he took over from Moses, was that he listened to the voice of God, what God had to say. God called him, instructed him on what to do. He, took the, he listened to the voice of God in terms of the battles that he had to fight. He listened to the voice of God in terms of the elders and the leaders that were meant to lead Israel. He listened to God in terms of the strategies, even with the battle. So at every point, you see Joshua listening to God. The only instance where you see Israel having a major problem was when Joshua did not consult God. And this was when the Gibeonites came to him. If you remember that story, they came to deceive Israel. They pretended like they were ambassadors from a very far country. And they came to Joshua and they said, oh, look at our bread, look at our clothing. We are from a far place. Can you make a covenant with us? And Israel entered into a covenant they should never have entered into. And the Bible said it clearly. Joshua and Israel did not ask of the Lord. And that tells us what happens when we walk in presumption, saying, well, we know the way. We know what will happen. Uh, Well, we fought in Jericho. The wars of Jericho have fallen before us. So if that happened, then we can overcome Ai. And we see that again, Israel going into battle to fight Ai, thinking that it was going to be an easy battle for them. And Israel was defeated. So the times when you see God's people being defeated or things going wrong are instances, clear instances in the scriptures, where they did not listen to the voice of God. And I think that in our complex or what you might call hectic lives, nothing is more urgent, nothing more necessary, nothing more rewarding than hearing what God has got to say to you and also to me. Not just as individuals, but also as a church as a whole. I want to give you a very good example. If you're going to develop a real relationship with someone, you'll get into some form of conversation with that person. I talk with my wife, she talks back to me. If you have a friend, you speak to your friend, your friend speaks back to you. You want to know their mind, you want to know what they are thinking about. And in the same way, if we are going to have a real relationship with God, then there will be a need for us not only to talk to Him, but also to hear what He has to say uh, to us. I know some of us are very good at the talking bit. We talk and talk and pour our hearts out to God, tell Him all our problems. But when it comes to listening, to know, has this God got anything to say to my situation? Has this God got anything to say about the decision I'm about to make? Has this God got anything to say about the situation that I've found myself in? What has he got to say? And if we don't listen or know how God speaks to us or how he communicates to us, then ultimately we are going to make very big mistakes. And we've seen the examples in the scriptures those who did not consider what God had to say to them, and they went ahead, did what they wanted, and we saw the repercussions uh, for uh, them in the scriptures. So this message is all about coming to a place where we are listening to the voice of God. But the question then, I know some people do ask this, is does God really speak to us today? And I'm sure maybe as I'm speaking, these are some of the things that go through maybe your mind or some others who may listen to what we are sharing uh, from today onwards. Does God really speak to us today? Now, if you're a Christian and you've been giving your heart to the Lord, you've come into a wonderful relationship with him, we all know that God communicates to us in some way. We're not going to go into that yet. As we explore this sermon, then that will hopefully make sense uh, to us. But from others, there are people out there, when you say God speaks or God speaks to us, it's a very strange concept. What God is speaking to you? How is this God speaking to you? How can you even be sure that what you claim that God has said to you is actually what he said to you? Especially, let's not forget that we live in a world where belief in God is, as we know it, gradually waning. Uh, The popular mindset in our world today as we know it is that God is basically non existent. And so therefore any claims to hearing the voice of God or as a Christian, if you claim that God is speaking to you or you've got a message from Him, uh is nothing but a figment of your imagination. So for us, that's what we have to contend with. So if you're coming from that minds with that mindset, that we live in a closed world, a closed system, where God, or if at all God is in existence, does not communicate to anyone then you have a real problem receiving from him or even knowing what the mind of God is. But if your mindset is one that says, I believe that God exists, I believe that that God is in communication with his people and with us today, then it becomes easy for you to embrace and to receive what that God has to say to you. And that is a challenge for us as Christians. Maybe I'll recommend this as what you might do and see how people respond to you. Go to your doctor, maybe next week or the next two weeks. book an appointment and tell your doctor, you know what, doctor, I've been hearing voices. God has been speaking to me. If actually, he spoke to me yesterday and this is what he told me. And then book another appointment at least three or four times and go to your doctor and say, you know what, I'm hearing voices in my head. God is speaking to me. I can bet you that they will track you for psychiatric assessment because that is the world in which we live in. What God is speaking to you? What voice have you heard? How did this God communicate to you? But when you look at the book of Hebrews, where we've read, the Bible clearly assures us that he does speak to us. And the book of Hebrews reinforces this. Look at that scripture again. It says, long ago, God spoke many times. So he's not a God who spoke just once to his people. Many times that this God has spoken And he says, and in many ways. So not only has he spoken many times to his people all through history, but this God also has spoken in many ways, he says, to our ancestors through the prophets. But look at what verse 2 says. He says, and now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. So the Bible is getting us to see that we're not just talking about a God who communicated in the past. But this God, even in these last days that we live in, that God is still speaking to us. But he says, he has spoken to us through his son. Now you may read that scripture and say, well, he has spoken to us through his son, Jesus. And we know that his son is no longer with us. So doesn't that indicate that he has stopped speaking to us? But that's not what that scripture is saying. All he's trying to get us to see that when Jesus Christ came to us, that was God communicating and speaking to us about his will. And then when Jesus Christ left, what did he say? He said that I will send you the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter, the one who will come after me. And we know that the Holy Spirit is still communicating and in operation in our world today. And he says, God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, he says, he's created the universe. So we begin by saying to ourselves, God spoke in the past. Not only did he speak in the past, he is still speaking to us today. When Jesus came, that was God speaking to us. That was God showing us the way of salvation. That was God saying, I love the world so much that I want to be in a relationship with my people. And God did that through Jesus. So the God we serve is not a speechless God. a God who does not communicate. Just like when you're in a relationship with someone and they never speak to you that is not a relationship all it will be is a one-sided maybe relationship but the god we serve is alive he's active in our world and we know that he speaks to us he doesn't speak to us in what you might call veiled terms or in mysteries but god speaks clearly and plainly to us in our world today i believe that the goal of any communicator is not just to be heard but to be understood if everything I've said this morning, and you've not understood it, then I've not communicated. Maybe you've heard what I've said, but I have not really communicated. And that's not the God we serve. God wants not only to speak, but also to be understood. That when he says something, we understand this is what he's saying to us. When he communicates and makes known his will, we understand this is what the will of God is all about. So we are going to, like I said, we are laying just the foundation this morning. And the, the first foundation I want us to lay in this morning is to know that God has got a word for you. And that is where to start from. God has got a word for you. It's one thing to come to church or to maybe pick up the Bible and you're reading it as a history book to see what God said to people in the past. But do we come to the Bible? Do we come in prayer when we talk to God? To know that God actually has got a word for us. That he has something to say to us. And I think this is a very good foundation upon which we build everything else in terms of listening. To know what he has to say to us. That this God has a word for me. God has not only in the time past spoken in what you might call general terms. Or absolute terms to all people. But God spoke to individuals. He spoke to Abraham. He spoke to Isaac. He spoke to Jacob. He spoke to different people, the prophets in the scriptures. And if you cross over to the New Testament, he spoke to Paul. He spoke to the apostles, those who walked with him. And today, he is still speaking to us. He has a word for us. In your current situation, what word has God got for you? In your marriage what word has God got for you? In your sickness and in your health, in health, what word has God got for you? In the challenges that you face, do you believe that God has got a word for you? When I come to the scriptures, everything in the Bible applies to my life in some way. And so when I read the Bible, I read it knowing that there is something there for me. And the same thing when you come to God... True scriptures or true prayer, you believe that there is something that God has got in store for you. There is no such thing as a chapter in the Bible or maybe a sermon that God has, God has got nothing for, for you. I remember when we were going through the um, studies in Joshua, and I got to a part of the book of Joshua, which is quite one of those difficult chapters to preach from. And I was talking about a message from the archives, and I remember that clearly. Now you felt or some of us will feel this is meaningless information. Dividing of the land and all of that. Names after names and names after names. And for some, the tendency is to switch off. This has got nothing to do with me. God has nothing to do. But if you listen carefully from the message from the archives, you will understand that actually the names were not meaningless. There is a meaning behind those names. There is something that God is saying to us. In dividing the land and what God did, God is still saying something to each one of us. And so if you have that feeling, well, that sermon is not for me, that message is not for me, then you will never get anything from it. But when you come to God and say, Lord, speak to me, for the next 20 minutes, for the next 30 minutes, as I listen, I know there is something there for me. God will take those words and explain that to your heart. So God has a word. For each one of us, and that 's why each one of us, as we come to him, we must take god 's word personally. This is not just a word for someone else. you know sometimes when a message is coming, we are thinking in our heart, oh that 's for someone else." but have you said actually, this could actually be for me? There might be something here that God wants to get my attention, and all he wants me to do is to listen. but I want to I would say put a word of caution when we say that God has a word for us or a word for you, and the word of caution is there, is that God's personal word, when we say God is speaking to us or communicating to us personally, it does not make the word exclusive. And I think this is very, very important. And I've heard, well, some say this, and we have to be wary when someone comes to us or someone comes to you and says, you know what, God told me something. And he told me that I can never share this with anyone else. In fact, this is only for me and for me alone. Now we have to be very careful. Because the reality is that there is nothing God will say to you that has never been said before. There is no word of correction that God may give you. Yes, that word may be personal to you, but it doesn't make it exclusive for you. If it's a word of warning, That word of warning can as well apply to someone else. So there is nothing you would have heard or received from God that is, they say, yes, it's personal to you, but it doesn't make it exclusive. And this is how some of the cults we have today, that's what gave rise to some of the cults. They all claim this exclusive revelation that they have received from God, which sometimes cannot even be defended or justified from Scripture. Or they claim, well, this is only for me. So I cannot, nobody else have heard what I have heard. And that's why we need to be careful that God's personal word to us does not make it exclusive. When God communicates to us, read through the scriptures, God made his mind known. He spoke to the prophets. The prophets communicated to the people. He spoke, and sometimes the people that he spoke to kept those things in their hearts. But at the same time, those words were for the good of others. And I think that is a very important place uh, to start uh, with. Now the second foundation I think which is very important, I think I'll just mention these two or three and then we can stop for this morning. The second foundation we need to lay as we get ready to listen to the God who speaks is that God's word to us as we know it are very important. Very, very important. So I begin from the foundation that God has something to say. And he has a word for me. And what God has to say to me is very important. You know, sometimes some Christians think that God jokes around, that what he says to us is not serious. For instance, if God gives you a word of warning and you don't take it serious, or maybe you think God is actually joking and he's been warning and telling you over and over and over, This is not right for you. And you know in your conscience that this is not right. And you know what? I don't think this is serious. This God must be joking. Or however he speaks, he must be joking. Then you're not going to take his word very seriously. God is serious about his relationship with us. And he expects us to respond to his voice when we hear it. And we're going to come to how he speaks to us, hopefully, as we go on. But God expects us to know that whatever he says to us is very, very important. Before Joshua took over from Moses and when he was called, what was the first thing that God did in Joshua chapter 1? If you read it, he tells him, he told him, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate upon it. You shall read it day and night. And that's what will help him to prosper. What God was saying to Joshua is, take every word seriously. I'm not joking around. I mean, the Israelites disobeyed by instructions and they wandered in the wilderness for a very long time. So God was getting his attention. If you want to succeed, if you want the best part of life, then pay close attention to what I have to say um, to you. One of the ways actually to know if you're taking God's word seriously, I'm going to ask us a simple question here. I don't know how many of us can remember last sunday's message if you were here now if you cannot remember what was shared last sunday then it shows maybe you were listening but you were not taking the word seriously or that wasn't important to you it was a baptism service and there were things we said about baptism how many can remember what was said how many went home and said you know what there was something but there is something about baptism that actually is very important. Why do I have to get baptized? If you remember all those message things that we talked about, then it tells you that you are listening and that God's word is very important. A very good example is if I'm having a conversation with my wife and she's telling me something and I'm listening. Now, if what she's saying to me is important, I will not only listen, but I will take it in. I will act upon what she has said. But if what she's saying to me is not important, I may be listening, actually even repeating what she's saying to me, but I will never act on what she said to me. And that's why it's very important for us to come to a point where we say to us, God's words are very, very important. And I wonder why are God's words very important. And there are three reasons for this. They're important because God's word challenges us and it does that. Not only does he challenge us, God's word also changes us and encourages us. Now these three things are very important and we are going to see as we go along in the coming weeks how these things can really make a big difference. God's word will challenge you. I don't know whether you've sat in a service before and you're thinking, it's like the preacher knew I was coming before this message started. God is challenging. Sometimes he's changing your priorities. Sometimes he's getting you to see your flaws and your errors. And when you go to the Bible, you see men and people who God actually challenged and changed their way of thinking. You remember Peter in the Bible. Peter was a man. Because he was a Jew, he didn't want to have any contact with the Gentiles. And that was his thinking. Not until God had to come in the picture and challenge him. And how did God do this? The Bible says he went to sleep. And as he was sleeping, God showed him a vision in his dream. And in that dream, he saw all kinds of animals being led down from heaven. And a voice said to him, Peter, arise, kill and eat. And he was trying to make sense of what was going on there. Because as a Jew, you don't eat anything. There are animals and things that you're not allowed to eat. But here he was in this dream. God saying to him, eat. And Peter responded, but I've never eaten anything unclean in all my life. That is his thinking. That is how he was raised. But then God was getting him ready to meet Cornelius, a man who was a Gentile. And so God was using his voice to challenge Peter, to tell him there is no more Greek or Jew. There is no more black and white. We are all the same. It is the same God that is for you, also died for Cornelius and the Gentiles. And Peter had to arise. And he did exactly what God wanted him to do. But you can see how God's voice and word, through that dream and vision, challenged Peter's conception of what you might call racial prejudice. And sometimes that's what we need. The word of God that comes to challenge us. Not only that, it also changes us, and that's what the Word of God does. It changes us from the inside. Nobody comes to God and receives from Him and hears His voice and remains the same. The Word of God has got the power to change lives. And I believe this strongly because it changed man. Before I gave my heart to the Lord, I knew who I was. I knew how I thought. But when I came in contact with the voice and with the Word of God, the change started. It is like a transformation. You're being changed from one level of glory to another level of glory. And that is what God is doing for us. And that's why the more we come, the more we listen, the more we draw close to him in prayer, God is changing something on the inside of us. And sometimes it may look like um, it's not as fast as we want it to be. But the reality is that God is changing something. Certain aspects of our behavior, God is working on it. It's like a refiner, a refiner's fire. You know, you take the gold and the, uh, and the precious metal through the fire and things begin to drop off. No wonder why God told Jeremiah and said to him, my word is like fire. And what fire does is it burns things off. And in our lives, there are things that need to be burnt off. There are habits, there are certain patterns or trends that God wants to change. And how can God do this? God can do this through the instrumentality of his word or voice speaking into our hearts and challenging and telling us that this is not the way to go. And not only that, from what we can see, is that he also comes to encourage us so that we can live with greater joy and strength. When you go to God in prayer and God speaks to your heart, sometimes you're so discouraged you don't know which way to turn. Things have happened, but the only person that speaks and gives you that grace and strength you need is when you hear the voice of God. In your confusion, God speaks into that. That's why the scripture says you shall hear a voice saying behind you, this is the way, walk you in it.'" So that tells me that God comes to encourage me. I may not even know the way. There might be confusion. Things may have happened. Maybe you suffer the loss of a loved one or maybe the loss of a job, or something has happened, but God speaks into that situation. I think this was on Thursday, during our um, Thursday uh, prayer meeting, when we were having a little Bible study, and we were looking at um, people that maybe have gone through difficulties and times of waiting, and we asked the question, what was it that gave you hope as you were waiting? And it was interesting to notice that most of the questions that came, or the answers actually that came, People said it was the word that God spoke to them. For those of us who were there, for those who weren't, a lady said something, and I, and I love the way she put it. She said her husband died, and she was asking questions. But before he died, he had already given his life to Christ, and she couldn't make sense. She looked at God and said, if you truly are there, why did you do this? Why did this happen? Basically, it's like blaming God for what had happened for she said she was so discouraged. But then God spoke into that situation and told her something. Would you have preferred at the time for him to be alive and lost eternally? Or for him, toward the dying minutes of his life, to have given his life to Christ and now who spent time and eternity with me? And when she heard that in her spirit, she knew that actually death is not the end after all. But there is something better. Ahead of God for the future. So that's what the word of God does for us. Somebody else. She has something else. On how the word of God. When God spoke into a situation that we're going through. How that changed everything for them. And encouraged them. That tells us that God's word is there for our transformation. The more I come to him. The more I open my ears to him. The more I come to him in prayer. And say Lord I want to hear what you have to say. You have a word for me. What you have to say is very important. And I will do what you ask of me. Then the transformation begins to take place. But like I've said, this is the foundation. If you're here this morning and maybe you're still thinking in your head, you know what? I don't think that this God communicates to anyone. Remember that scripture. Hebrews 1, verse 1. Long ago, God has been speaking to our fathers and the prophets. And in these last days, He is still speaking to us. All we need to do is come to Him and listen. All we need to do is to hear and know how He speaks to us. I think I've given us this illustration before, and I'm going to close with this. If I do ask you how many of us believe that we've got radio waves or whatever in this room, now, most of us will say, yes, I believe that, but you can see it with your eyes. But for some reason, you believe that the microphone I have, though I'm not holding anything, is communicating with a pack at the back there. And so there are waves, things happening, frequencies in this room which you cannot see. But because my voice is amplified, you believe that something is happening. Now, if I change the channel of the body pack to another channel, now I'm going to lose the communication and you will not hear my voice. In the same thing, God is speaking. But the problem is that people are not tuned in spiritually to hear the voice of God. And so they might end up saying, well, you know what, he doesn't speak to anyone. But the reality is that the waves are all around us. He speaks in many ways, as the scripture tells us. All we need to do is to be spiritually in tune with the spirit and in step with the spirit. And then we can understand what he has to say to us. Hopefully next Sunday we are going to begin to explore a lot further. Shall we just bow our hearts this morning?